You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Well, quite a show planned for you guys today. I know I always say that, but this is a good show. Yeah, first of the year. Very, very thought-provoking. They're going to tell you about some racing coming up and some car values and give you a couple hints on cars to buy as well. First, betonline.ag. NFL weekly pick'em charity contest is right around the corner. NFL playoffs continue. NBA action heating up. Visit betonline.ag. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Use the promo code podcast one for a fifty percent sign up bonus. We got the divisional rounds coming up. Uh, we got uh, let's see what do we got? We got Vikings at Forty ers We got Titans and Ravens. Texas at Chiefs. Seahawks. Packers. Baltimore's at home. That's my pick versus Tennessee. I think it's going to be a blowout. 35-14. That's my prediction. We got 500 bucks in rewards to give out each week to five listeners in a $5,000 season-long charity contest. So join the conversation at hashtag Sportsnet Challenge. Visit betonline.ag. Don't forget to use the promo code PODCAST1. Receive a 50% sign-up bonus. Do it today. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on a trip get on a mandate. Get it on and welcome to CarCast. I'm Adam Carolla. It's the moderator, Matt D'Andrea over there. Hello. Happy New Year. Yeah, man. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. I know. It's been, uh, I don't know, a day and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> running, 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 man. Yeah. Uh, lots of good car stuff uh, coming up. We hit the year running uh, tonight as we're in here. We're uh, doing the Shelby premiere in yeah. um, some odd or, or schedule. It, it's out. It's on Netflix. You could watch it. And now we're doing the premiere. Yeah. <laughs> so well. it's a nice way to just get some some have cocktails with some friends and then see the event and uh we'll get some pictures from it and uh yeah uh we got some friends coming out to it our friend Ed Justice Jr is coming out i think uh Chip Foos is coming out tonight. oh good yeah well you guys good. uh can go to netflix and and watch it and you can watch uh, 24 hour war as well also um uppity's coming uh and uh is it out now on <clears throat> chassis? I'm a- it's out now okay. on chassis. That's what I should have said. It is out now on chassis. Max Pata, check chassis website. I got a – somebody sent me a tweet that said like they bought it and they tried streaming it and they couldn't stream it. And I never know whether – because then what happens is is that I then come in and go, hey, what's wrong with the website? And then everyone goes, no, it's fine. It's the fine. person screwed up. <laughs> Usually, but I, I always sort of take them at their word. Um Uppity is uh, out. You can get it on Blu-ray. We're shipping now. I'm going to go over to the other shop and sign like 50 Shelby posters because everyone wants the posters and we're shipping those as well. And you can watch uh, Shelby American and you can watch a 24-hour war on on Netflix. But if you want the Blu-ray and we have a lot of cool extras on the Blu-ray, races that you never – never been seen before by Shelby and that footage and that yeah. kind of stuff. Well, if you want that, then you can go to Chassis. It's a nice gift. The Blu-ray is a nice gift. Two S's I, and a Y. I, Get I, it. I, I want to just say again, though, Uppity 
is a good film. It's a good story. I know you know the Shelby story. You probably don't know a lot of the Willie T. Ribs story. Mm-hmm. And it's just a it's a it's like a it's a good real life like underdog story. It's right. probably the most emotional of all the docs that you've done. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's definitely worth checking out. And Willie's a he's a he's fun and he's nutty and yeah, he's nice. <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll talk to him. I have um, I have uh, Pete Brock coming by later on today as as we tape this. I told him just pop in and I'll interview him for twenty minutes and we'll figure out what to do with it. Mm-hmm. So we'll figure that out because. The the thing about Pete Brock, and I, I brought it up before, it's probably a little sensitive, and I think I must have – see, I cannot figure out anymore what conversations I've had with interesting people. I can't figure out if they were interviews or we were sitting at some car yeah. show and I was talking to them. Cause like, and my brain can't figure out – I kind of know the stuff I've done that has an audience – but you and I are sitting in yeah, here, yeah. and there's nobody in the room. So I spoke to him at length about his hang gliding experience and, yes. and about him as a designer of hang gliders and a world record holder of hang gliding. And this would be a tough one for me to fabricate. I think his son died flying in one of his hang gliders. That's what I recall. I also remember being blown away by saying things like, how does a hang gliding race work? Like you just go in a big circle or how's it work? Is it point A to B? Is it just it's like, like point A to B. And, and I'd go like, drag race? How, much time, how much ground do you cover? And it'd be like 300 miles. And I'd be like, <laughs> what? And I'd be like, how, wh- what? How's that work? Like, but what's the altitude? And I don't know. It'd be like 14,000 feet or something. I'd be like, what? And you have to get up in the jet stream or something. Yeah, you have something. to get up high and then. But I was like, so you'd go, we go like from here to San Francisco or something. And I, these are all just bits and pieces I've, I've cobbled together in my head. But I yeah. remember thinking like, wow, that's. Totally insane. It's also I had no idea. I thought you'd jump off a cliff and land on the beach. Like, yeah, like you know, I've like... seen chips. Like I see how Eric Estrada would <laughs> yeah. go. You go down to Pirates Cove and yeah. you go right off, and then there's some hot ladies waiting for you when you land on the well, beach. What else would hang gliding be for? I uh, <laughs> think to go to San Francisco. It's an interesting thing, Max Apatic, and I sort of had him looking it up before. Now, there's I got not a here. ton, but there is enough to confirm that yes. Uh, Pete Brock's son did die in a hang gliding accident after Pete Brock got into hang gliding. And Pete Brock founded um, the uh, largest hang gliding company in the world. <laughs> wow. Now, see, the thing about Pete Brock is people are like, oh, yeah, that guy w- worked on the, the Corvette or the Shelby Daytona or, yeah. or the Datsun 510s and BRE. All right. But what about this whole chapter? Right. Now, it makes sense. Like, I've been to his house. That's not Shelby money. he's got a nice place the thing that makes sense to me is of course the guy who and you have to watch the shelby american doc or 24-hour war but of course the guy who pioneered the shelby daytona knows aerodynamics Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he knows how to cut through the wind yeah and so obviously that mind would also be a hang gliding mind as well Max Pad, do you know like a 
hang gliding race, like altitude and distance or records. There's got to be some records for hang I knew gliding. he had a hang gliding background, but I didn't know he was such an achiever, like like a Did he whatever, a, like a noted name record holder. Yes, I knew that, and I, I can't remember where. I, well, we must not have had him in and talked about it here. We you haven't, no, we haven't talked about it here. You would have remembered. And, and obviously his son died, and his son died – you know, I mean, obviously his son was, you know, in his 20s or something. So it's, uh, you know, kind of a sensitive subject to, to get into. Yeah. And Pete's a sensitive guy, he you is. know. So, but I, I also think it's it's worth the conversation. It's been, I'm sure it's been 25, 30 years since his son has passed away. Yeah. And I'm sure it's not something he wants to talk about, but it's also, an, it's an interesting chapter. And I think, as an interviewer, you're probably not doing your job if you don't get into the tragedy of that. Yeah. Uh, and also, it's you know, it's just bizarre that you started this hang gliding thing. Your son became a pilot and essentially died doing it in your in your yeah device. Like he could sit down and go, "I don't want to talk about any of it," and that's fair. But it's yeah. a, it's an important. It's, I feel it's like definitely I've, a significant. I feel like yeah, I feel like I've spoken to him about it before, so it must be well, something. Pete helped develop. Um, long distance hang gliding uh, competitions and uh, competitions they started with just fly as long as you can right with spot landings but once increased performance uh, was introduced cross-country flying replaced all of that and usually two to four waypoints have to be passed with a landing at a goal right but you say cross-country that's what we'll try to figure out the we'll try to figure out the distance they went but yeah they would cover vast distances it would I'm curious, like, yeah, how many times do you stop? Like, what's the most amount of distance before you you reboot or you relaunch the, you know, take off again? Uh, you know, I'm sure there's a cross country race, but not not all. At, you no, know, just, not not all at you know, once. Just gonna run right. and start in Santa Monica, no, and land they, in Manhattan. <laughs> no, they, they would probably do it like the Baja 1000. Yeah. You know, you yeah, cover yeah. this amount during this day, you sleep that night in Pueblo, whatever, and then you right. go another. 800 miles um but it's interesting and and i have a kind of a memory that i'm i don't have a lot of specifics but i don't screw up the beats that badly yeah. you know like I, and, and if i remember when i said like how far would you go it'd be like here to san francisco i was like whoa but what's the longest leg like one well, that's single, what i mean yeah that, that, I, I that would I, seem huge I, I think they could do like several hundred miles in a in a leg the world record is 475 so i'm still looking at to see right. what, i guess what it that's is in competition how, and what's how san, fast do you go that what's seems san like Fran a really long trip you bring a sandwich no, san francisco is what 300 miles from here 275 yeah. or something like that I mean, look, that means you can get to San Francisco from here, no problemo. 383. 383? 383. Right. So when Pete was telling me he'd go from L.A. to San fly from here to San Francisco, that's that's 100 miles shy of the record. Like, he could do that. Yeah, that's amazing. Or he may have the record. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and and, and they, wouldn't, they wouldn't float along. Like, they'd, they'd move a little bit. Yeah. As and, a crow flies, it's 348. And we got to think about that. Oh, actually. right, oh, right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it seemed. I just, just get curious. Look up when you get a chance. How fast are they going? Well, well, how long does it take to get to cover 100 miles yeah. or whatever? I'm you just, can, you can check that. I'm sure, see there's if you can like the it. fastest guy went whatever. Well, the, but... the thing is, the thing that I always said, the thing I always found interesting is, I would have one of those 
explosive parachute things. They have them for small aircraft, yeah. as you know. Yeah. They have a device, if you have a little single-engine Cessna or whatever, where it's basically an air cannon on top, and you pull the ripcord, and it fires. You know, if you get a catastrophic failure, it fires that thing, and you float to the ground. Yeah. And I was always wondering, why don't those guys who are in these competitions where you're 10,000 feet in the air and you're going 75 miles an hour or whatever it is, why don't you have a parachute on? I, I My guess is weight has is is the deal killer. You got to be is, as lean think, think, as possible. It, I, I, yeah, but think about what a parachute doesn't weigh. I mean, I think a lot of it is like bravado, like, hey. We don't wear parachutes. We don't wear like, parachutes. That's part right? of our part of Batman our thing. Batman doesn't wear a parachute. Maybe they wear. I bet they wear them now. But back <laughs> then, I, he's just like they don't do it. Maybe in 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 some of this whatever the sanctioning body of racing, there are some safety mechanisms like a parachute. Also, if you think about what they're doing, at what point would the parachute really help? Like, it's not going to help on takeoff or landing. You know what yeah. I mean? It's only going to help if you're at altitude. And you're going in a straight line, and something catastrophic happens. Yeah, right? I tell you, 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 you'll recognize it when you start bringing competition into it. Things change. You think of a downhill skier going as fast as they are. Knee pads might help on an accident. They're not going to wear them. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Uh, all right, let me hit uh, Tommy John. Max Paddock yep. can maybe find some of those answers. Tommy John, man, they don't give an F. They give three Fs. Fabric. Fit, function. I'm wearing mine right now, yeah. by the way. I'm wearing my uh, holiday. I'm still in my holiday Tommy John attire. Oh, I'm wearing the uh, T-shirt. <laughs> I'll tell you what I do, man. I'm not uh, I'm not big into uh, loads of laundry. I wear, I'll wear my Tommy John T-shirt. I'll, I'll work out in it. I'll, I'll work up a little lather in it. And then yesterday, I was like, oh, I've got my Tommy John T-shirt. I've worn it three days in a row. It's starting to get a little... Little gamey, and I just went, uh, <laughs> screw it, I'm wearing it in the pool. And uh, I just wore it into the pool, and I did a underwater lap in the pool, my Tommy Johns, and I got out and I stripped the stuff off and I just spread it out outside. This morning, when I went out to the pool, there was my nice dry Tommy John waiting for me, just put it right back on. I do that with the underwear too. I don't run it through the. I don't run it through. I'll wear it three days in a row, and then I'll wear it in the pool one day, and then I'll just hang it out. And it'll be dry the next day, and I'll put it right back on. All right. What am I doing? Surgery over here? Everybody's got their thing. Tommy John, man, it's the best, and it's in uh, twelve hundred uh, retail locations as well. So you can go to tommyjohn.com, or you can just go get them at uh, Nordstroms if you like. Right, Matt. Yeah, hurry to tommyjohn.com slash carcast for 20% off your first order. That's tommyjohn.com slash carcast for 20% off tommyjohn.com slash carcast. All right. Anything, Maxipan? Any speeds or heights? Uh, Distances? Just just like the car community, the hang gliding community decides to stay off the internet as well. Uh (laughs) Um, But as far as distances, I'm seeing like different tasks like uh, because these are multi-day uh, competition so it'll be like 65 miles in a day and um, do they do they do they say anything about altitude uh check I'm, that out i'm still too. looking and as right. far as speeds go i'm seeing between like like 30 to 40 yeah like max yeah that's that what i was sense. thinking it just seems like one of these really long marathon type events seems like this is gonna it's gonna take a little while 
It is, but I will talk to Pete, and I think he will tell me you can get from L.A. to San Francisco in one slog if you want. Well, the record is 480-something. Yeah. So that's that's the record. That's amazing. How long do you want to – Now I'm curious. <laughs> how long do you want to stay – you know, well, look, if you want to go 30 miles an hour or 35 miles an hour, you'll cover 100 miles in two and a half, three hours, right? Yeah. It's, you want to stay up there for twelve hours? You'll you'll get to San Francisco. Well, with Apple AirPods now. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> some FaceTime. Yeah, and one of those uh, trucker catheters. Or hell, <laughs> one's just pee on the public. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Just dangle it. So the car world. Um, we're yeah. talking about. I I I'm going to speak a little bit out of turn. Um, I got hit up by uh, Peter Clute uh, over there at. Dream Car Garage was that his show? Legend Motor Cars is legendary. Legendary. Legendary Motor Cars, and then he had this show. show. I, I'm not sure if Dream Car Garage is still on. Max Pat is going to have to look that one up. But I used to love Dream Car Garage. Yeah, did you watch that show? Yeah, I did. Yeah, they he had Peter and his partner was kind of a funny guy, and And later his son. Yes, now his son. Okay, so I think. Dream Car Garage was the show, and now maybe it's Legendary Motor Cars or something like that. But the the point is this: he's a he's a real deal car guy. He's not yeah. Mister Tattoos and Bracelets. As a matter of fact, zero tattoos, zero bracelets. Yeah. But real deal. Like he's out of Canada. His son races. He races. He's got a. I'm going to say like a 69 vet that he goes to Indy with and does like the pro-am thing with yeah. uh, uh, Unser driving his car. Uh, oh, wait. Is it Unser? And he's he's Canadian. And I'm I, if I recall on his show, the one thing that always was weird to me is the Lamborghini Countach. He would call a contact. Mm. Like, like if you think of how it's spelled. Right. And um, <laughs> he's uh, – yeah, he'd he'd do it with Al Unser Jr. I think, and he'd do you know he'd drive a shift, and the other guy would drive a shift, and and Al would drive a shift, and he'd drive a shift. Yeah, but a real deal car guy, and um and they do real deal cars like they do. They did a, a GT40 like soup to nuts. Yeah, like really all the research and all the original parts and finding stuff and sourcing stuff and doing a, a real GT40. It was a street car. It's cool episodes, cool. If you're a car guy, a real car guy, and you don't want to see somebody else do another Hemi Cuda, but you want to see some something way more interesting. Yeah. He was doing it. Wait, he's he's a he's a knowledge base. He's an encyclopedia of cars and uh I wouldn't say he's a fabricator. As much, I think his he shop has fabricators. Does, his, his shop has done some restoration stuff, but he's 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 more of a historian. He's good that no, way. No, no, no. His he well, I don't know all that he does, but according to the show, his shop does everything, and he probably is not going to get MIG weld something, but I bet he probably could. He's just moved into the front office and yeah. is now trying to orchestrate everything and pay for everything. He's kind of, I think, done what I do with construction, which is I can do all this stuff, but at a certain point, I got to pay for it, so I got to figure out a way to orchestrate things and source things and plan things, but I'm not going to physically be in there bending rebar. But either way, he's a real deal guy. And he, he, we're not, we're not friends, but I know who he is and he knows who I am. And I, I, 
appreciate his show as a, a real car show rather than guys with the tattoos on top of their hands screaming at each other in the <laughs> shop building junk, building yeah. nothing than a big who cares mobile. Um, also, the part that always drives me nuts, too, is when they start getting into this whole part where they're like they're sitting in there and they're like, well, my wife would would be turning 57 today if she wasn't claimed by ovarian cancer and then the music like comes in and i wanted to give this car to my daughter it's like save that fucking shit for lifetime bitch i want to see some fucking cars i don't want to hear a fucking music swell and you fucking holding back the tears on this fucking 57 thunderbird piece of shit fuck you go find a fucking gt40 or mura or something something cool Paul Newman's race car. Like, do something. Yeah, go fine. I don't fucking okay. give a fuck about your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Who's making these fucking shows? And But these guys would do cool shit. Yeah. And he reached out to me. And he's like, hey, we're going to Vegas. And we're going to be there for Barrett-Jackson or the auctions yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And we're going down to Bondurant. Yeah. Is it Bondurant? Bondurant, yeah. And uh, blah, 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 blah. You want to come along? And I said, yeah, I'm going, I'm doing shows in Milwaukee or whatever. Like I'm traveling. It's, it's right. hard. But, um, but he's like, oh, I was checking out some of your, uh, race videos online. And I said, oh, good. You know? And I said, uh, and I guess <clears throat> he checked out, I, I know he does a little modern racing or something. And he's like, Hey, you don't suck at this. <laughs> he's yeah. like, you're not so terrible. By well, the wheel. He, <laughs> I watched a few videos. He saw me doing, uh, the GT, uh, one or the Trans Am race. Oh, the Trans Am race. Right. In the, in the and, and, and so he's like, Oh, I drive a Corvette and he can drive a Corvette, blah, blah, blah. So I said, yeah, well, if you got anything in the future, you know, think about me. And he said, uh, a lot of us, or a couple of us go to Europe once a year and uh, we've done had some fun doing some racing in a modern race, like a professional race. And I said, oh, well, that sounds fascinating. Give me give me a few dates. You know, what, what are you thinking about? Uh-huh. And he hit me up with, I think, May 1st and 2nd at Spa, which is in Belgium. I thought Spa was in France or Germany. I didn't even know where Belgium was, but I was like, <laughs> it sounds like it's near France. Yeah. And uh, it's right there. Uh, man, when you see Belgium, you're like, would you fly into France or would you fly into Germany? You, you, you'd be kind of a coin toss. Uh, but either way, he was talking to me about doing a race at Spa, which is a track. Of course, it's a legendary track. I don't, I've never driven on it, but it sounds amazing. It's Europe, it's Belgium, it's yeah. Spa. And I think... You and I looked it up. It was like Spa's like 4.2 miles, 4.4 miles or something. That's a big-ass track. Yeah. That's a big track. I mean, anything over three miles is a is a big-ass track. It's uh, – and, and so I was like, yeah, what do you want to drive? What do you want to do or whatever? And I need to follow up with them, and it's not carved in stone or whatever. But I went in then, and I said to Nate uh, – I said uh, on uh, what is it on our uh, what channel do we have? I Pluto. Said, Pluto. Pluto. Sorry, I said on our Pluto channel. We doing like going racing. Like, would this be good content for Pluto? It was five hundred one. I think it's five eighty. What is our, Pluto, our Pluto channel? channel? Five eighty five, five seventy five, something like that. Anyway, I said, uh, you know, could we get some content out of this? It'd be a professional 
uh, endurance race. I think it's a six-hour race. Yeah. And you have a team, obviously. It takes stints driving the car. And he said, yeah, we can film that and use it for blah, blah, blah. And we have our friend over there in Germany help us out and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I said, uh, yeah, okay. So I'm going to keep you guys posted, but I'm going to reach out to Peter and I'm going to ask him if, uh, See if you know, are, are we on? Yeah. Yeah. I also then checked the calendar and it said Friday, Saturday night, 1st and 2nd of May. Uh you're going to beat the Fresno Improv or something. So uh, I uh, also probably have to get hold of my caucus, too. Right, just skip the driver's meeting. You'll be fine. <laughs> 585 Pluto TV. All right. Let me hit. Uh, so that's huh. interesting. The auctions are coming up. There's yeah. a lot of cool stuff. I'll hit um, betonline.ag. That's what I wanted to say. Playoffs, man. They are upon us, and the NBA action is heating up. Visit betonline.ag. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Use the promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% sign-up bonus. NFL divisional round, uh, Vikings coming up against the 49ers. That's going to be a good game. Well, they're all going to be good games. Titans, Ravens. Boy, if Titans could pull that one off. Texas versus Chiefs, Seahawks, and Packers. Everyone likes the Packers there. I I don't know. The Seahawks scare me. I, I think they're and the Packers scare me in the other direction a little bit. Anyway, we got 500 bucks in rewards to give out each week to five listeners in a $5,000 season-long charity contest. Join the conversation, and you can uh, Twitter us with uh, hashtag SportsNetChallenge, please. Plus, uh, Denver at Dallas and the NBA and uh, Boston at Philly. Lots of good games. Visit betonline.ag. Don't forget to use the promo code PODCAST1 and get the 50% Sign up bonus. Uh, all right, so auctions. So the schedule. auctions coming up. Um, uh, I'm going to be heading out there. I'm going to do a little traveling back and forth. Going to go to uh, the Bear Jackson uh, Gala event opening night, and then I'm going to hit up uh, the typical auctions. At least Bear Jackson, Gooding, RM. There's always more going on out there. So um, I did a quick pass on uh, on the uh, auction dockets. Uh, uh, for some of these, um, there's thousands of cars, so it's difficult to go through all of them. Uh, but I picked a few that I just grabbed and, and gave uh, uh, gave uh, Chris a few links to, and we got them on the list. Um, that seemed interesting. Uh, of course, uh, after the '93 Mustang Cobra R sold for 120 something thousand, now they're they're popping up, and they're all getting six figure estimates. So we've got two Cobra R models coming up. Well, let uh, let, let this be a good. This shall be a good time for us to tell you guys that everyone is kind of going. Well, what are some of those cars in the thirty, forty range? Twenty five. Let's just say twenty five to fifty range. Yeah, and they would say it to us five, eight years ago. Like, what are some of these cars? And we would say things like Acura NSX yeah. or uh, E30 BMW mm-hmm. M1, mm-hmm. you know, or uh, I always liked the uh, M Coupe, the groovy ghoulie car, yeah, I, was, yeah. I always called it. Cars of that nature that that you could have got for 30 grand or 50 grand or whatever, depending on yeah. the car, that are now starting to get up Pass yeah. the seventy-five to hundred range, you but, know, but but that's double, right? So if you just look yeah. at a percentage, it's double. Well, so if you if you bought a Porsche nine twelve eight years ago, you would have paid 
27 five for it or something and now you're talking about a hundred grand yeah so, so you they're 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 always cars in the intermediate zone there don't have to be ferraris or dudes and yeah. you know and they don't have to be from the 50s or the 60s they can be from the 80s and the 90s you know cars like supras you know yeah they're, they're cars that are coming up and, <laughs> and some we didn't expect Acura integra type r like, right nobody right. nobody, nobody saw expected that. that nobody saw that coming so Look for production numbers. Like there's a car, like one of the cars that I've always loved, and they made a super small number of them, and you can find them on Bring a Trailer all day long for 27 to 30, uh, I believe, is the Mini Cooper GP. Yeah, I like that car. It has no backseat. They made like 333 of them or something. It's fast. It's fun. It's whatever. Yeah. It's distinctive. It's cool. They made a small batch, and they're still 30 grand. Now, the category of car that you're talking about, though, miles makes the difference in the world. These aren't drivers for you because you need they need to be low-mile cars. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, 180,000-mile NSX is not going to pull the no. same money as a 39,000-mile NSX. No. But some of the cars just popped into my head. Like, what about like a first-gen, low-mileage Audi R8? Mm-hmm. Um, could be interesting. Starting to get a little older. Yeah, could be interesting. Probably, Max Patty, you got to look. But you could probably find an R8, like a, a, a 2006 or five yeah. or something. And know what, what, what year? Two thousand four, five. I mean, we're getting old because a, 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 an Audi R eight is is now a fifteen year old car. Right. That's yeah. crazy because to me that's a brand new car. Yeah. When, what was the first year of the Audi R eight? But I bet you. Now that car's not going to pop for a little bit, but if you got one, some dentist in uh, Palm Springs owned it and put uh, four thousand miles on it, and you got that thing for $44,000 or something and yeah. just kind of sat on it. I think it would pop. I, I I'd get a stick, obviously, six, 06 was the first year. 06. And I, I don't know if it just had the the eight-cylinder at the time, but you're right. Oh, the yeah. First it, just gen, had, it just had the Like, eight. whatever the first gen R8 with the 10 and the manual with mm-hmm. the gated shifter, that's mm-hmm. a cool car. I agree. And that kind of, I bet they didn't make a lot of those. That would be pretty, pretty interesting. I mean, you want to feel old? The Goddamn R8 is almost 15 years yeah. old. That's crazy, right? That just yeah. feels like a new sports car to me. It does. It's still, and it looks good. It Max Pata, how old were you 15 years ago? Were you traveling the country in the gay bus? No. Uh, that, was a, that, that was one year later. Like one, one or two years hey, later. Was it old enough then? Or? That was one or two years later. We, yeah. Were you in high school? I was 20. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah. Well, okay. I was 19, 15 years ago. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and it, the car's not quite 15 years old, but they definitely probably saw it at a car show f- in 19, yeah. uh, 2005. Crazy, man. Yeah. Don't you drive an R8 in your Castrol commercial? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew I liked that car. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, know, not an old one. You drove a new one. That car is, you know, it's it's like, it's got, it's got, some nice design to it, but all the sort of practicality of a German car. Yeah. You know, and it's just a 
It's a, it's a cool car. It's a cool uh, piece. I've driven a few over the years, and I've always kind of liked them. I, I agree. That should be a car that might be on your radar. And look at it this way. Price, Maxipata. It's a nice 06. car. You can have some fun with it, even if it doesn't really go up in value much. And although I, I think it probably would. You could also look like a sort of hero on your block because yeah. I, I think you could get 06, 07. I think you'd get a first gen of one of those cars for – I mean, you wouldn't want to pay thirty-two and get one with a hundred thousand miles on yeah, it, but yeah. I, I think for forty to forty to forty-five, you could get that car. We'll, uh, we'll, have to look we'll it see. Up. We'll look it so up. So, on the list of cars, my question is: Is this the year? Is this the comeback year for the vintage Lamborghini? We, you know, they went real high. And right. then they kind of dropped, and then they just didn't show up at auctions for like a year or right. two. Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to see – you can see on my list we've got a few. I, I know you've already seen a few of these already, but uh, you know the, it's, it's interesting. We've got a couple of Miras up there. We've got a 400 GT. Uh, the one that surprised me was the uh, Barrett-Jackson has a Lamborghini Islero S. And what threw me off on this is – in the advertising for the car, it says, Bear Jackson's got an Oslero. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's cool. And then when you go to the page, it's an S, mm-hmm. which makes a big difference. Yeah. Like, anybody shopping for that car knows the difference between the base and the S. I think they with made- With the side gill and the whole deal. They made about 242 Um of the regular and then maybe a hundred of the S is if memory serves. Um, the side gill is not functional. Right. Uh, yeah. Just for everyone's, I, I'm trying to make you feel better as a Mustang guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, when up, are they ever functional was my I first beat thought. on you for your fake air ducts and your fake hood scoops and everything. Yeah, fake but pretty dust. much every new car today that has this fender side gill on it is, they're not really functional. Yeah, well, there's but, maybe well, a few. But but a light light shall pass through it, right? <laughs> you you're Mustang guys, no light comes through your, your non-functional not thing. Yet. But the point is... Uh, <laughs> The S is more valuable. Yeah. Um, it's got kind of a nicer interior. Yeah. There's not that much that's different about it. You couldn't really tell by looking at it. But if you get in if you if you get in on it, it's the seats that are kind of the tip off. And, and, on I, the and S. I would argue the side gill does break up a somewhat slabby kind of line on the side. Aesthetically agreed. Agreed. it does a little something. Agreed. And that car those cars traditionally going to put a number out here. I think they're probably worth about 20% more than the yeah. Solero. And Well, not when I take the windshield wiper off of this one, because <laughs> I think we need a wiper. <laughs> and if this is sitting out in a lot somewhere, <laughs> so we might need a door handle as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, strip it down. <laughs> so uh, there's there's that. We'll see. We'll see if those cars, there's a, there's a Mura SV that looks kind of like it's got an engine swap or, and blah, blah, blah. That That's going to be kind of a tough sell. It's going to be a tough sell. There's a interim 400 GT, which is like a 350 with the, with the four liter yeah. in, a, in it. Uh, I talked to, you know, the, the thing about uh, those cars is I talked to uh, Rob of Rob Report. Mm-hmm. He has a, a very nice interim. Yeah. And, okay. you know, if you look in the books and stuff like that, they'll go, there's... 
you know, 23 interims. So they stopped at the end of the production on the 350, mid, mid late 60s. They started putting the four liter engine in what was the 3.5 car. Yeah. Rob had told me that he basically made his way into the Lamborghini office and uh, pulled out some papers, <laughs> like, like <laughs> literally like a flashlight in his mouth. And uh, he basically said to me, uh, they're not all what you think they are. Yeah. That's- and there's no way of telling if the car started with a 3.5, blew up the motor in 1971, went back to the factory and got the four. You would have got the four liter put in if you blew up the motor and went back or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And I once talked to him about like those cars, like, hey, serial number, so, 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 so. And he's like, mm, don't buy that one. And then I said, this one, serial, serial, this one. And he go, oh, yeah, get that one. So out of maybe the 23, maybe there's 15 or 16 that are real deal. There's a few out there that there's some question marks. Now, I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? I like, don't know. It's just I mean, the interim. It's it's the interim. Uh, if I, It's weird because the lack of original documentation on so many cars uh, has has long hurt the value of these. But I kind of feel like the new documentation, meaning enough auctions or trading hands of a particular car with the name interim or some feature or something on it, starts to identify that car as a certain way. Yeah. I don't uh, (laughs) – this Lero S, the 69 is Lero S Lamborghini at Barrett-Jackson, I don't think that's a good fit for that car. I don't think that car is going to bring a bunch of money. I wouldn't hold my hopes out for that car. The Bullet Mustang's going to sell. Uh, we got a little inside information on that car yeah. as well. Um, I think, you know, the things insured to, I've always heard $4 million, $4 million, $4 million, and I think that's kind of the price. But did we make our predictions on that car? Uh, I think we took a stab at some predictions, and uh, you know it's kind of all over the map. Somebody told me the other day they felt three point two was a number. Somebody told me ten million was a number. It's just a wild and, and, thing, and that is a legitimate nobody knows car. Yeah, I can prognosticate, as you know from our walking talks. When I'm walking, Phil, and you're at home going doing dishes usually, <laughs> or going on sitting on your computer, and you start throwing out cars, I start throwing out numbers. Yeah, and I'm pretty fucking good. Like we'll do. A, what do you think the estimate's going to be on that GT40? It's got a limited race history, but blah, blah blah. And I'm, I, I, you know, I don't like to talk about myself. But, <laughs> I notice on every but call, I'm pretty fucking dead nuts on those those guesses. <laughs> yeah. The uh, yes or yes. Yes. <laughs> I get close. Yeah. I, I, but I have no, this bullet thing, I, I would not be surprised at 6'6". Six, six. I wouldn't be surprised at 6'6", six, six, but I wouldn't be surprised at 4 and, and 8 wouldn't blow Nothing would be surprising, but I'll say 6'6", six, six, just for yeah. the hell of it. I, I, I don't know. I was kind of like... I don't know. We I think I think we had predictions that were maybe even bigger than that at some point. But I I kind of well, feel Goldberg like thought like, it was like ten million bucks, yeah, right? Yeah. I, uh, I, I but, but, you know obviously, but he has the lawman Mustang. So the best thing for him is 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 for oh. this car to go for ten million dollars. Well, I have the Paul Newman car, so I hope the Steve McQueen car exactly goes for right? six six yeah. too. I, I think it's in that four to six range. I think it does. Throw out okay. a number. I, I I think it's uh. I, eh. Throw out a number. Six. 
Six six is with the vig. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, yeah. Do your spot, and then I'll tell you about a car. Yeah. That people kind of slept on, and is now knocking on the door of half a million bucks. Oh, it's not the and one on my list. People slept on it. <laughs> uh, let me tell you guys about Geico. Everybody's got a to do list. You're dropping off some dry cleaning, picking up some milk. Well, you know you can add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. You don't have to drop off or pick up anything. You just go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to do you'll do today. Go to Geico.com. Car that I've always kind of liked, and, and and people slept on it completely, is the 63, probably 64 Ferrari 330 GT2 Plus 2. Now, mm-hmm. I used to look at those cars a lot, and I was like, I remember like going to the all Italian, Italiano concourse or whatever there, Pebble Beach on a Saturday. And I'd look at the Ferrari Lusso, you know, 64, 63, 64. And I'd look at that Lusso and be like, that's at the time, I don't know, 700,000 bucks, 800,000 bucks. And then I'd go look at the two plus two and it'd be like, that's 80. And I'd go, it's got the same. V12. Yeah. It's a, you know, four speed V12. It's, it's two plus two, but it's got kind of a nice 60s kind of shape to it. It holds two more people. That's and, more. And it, it's kind of a cool, it's kind of a cool piece. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, and, and they were, you know, 60 to 80 like all day long. Like, no, yeah. nobody wanted that car. Those cars have passed the two plus twos, like the 66, 67s, and are knocking on the door of, half a million bucks now like a really nice one is like mid mid fours now yeah and i it 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 kind of goes to show that if you look at a car and you like the aesthetic and you start asking questions like that's got a v12 in it yeah. and that's a good looking piece and that's an early 60s ferrari it's manual and blah 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 it's got the big steering wheel and the cool dash and everything like why is that 70 grand? You know, if you're asking yeah. those questions, it'll it's, correct it, usually. The difference between them was so huge. Whereas I think the two plus two, the 330 GT two plus two has gone up. Whereas the GTC no. has gone up barely, but it's still, it's been floating around that, I don't know, six to seven for a long time. I think I saw one on one of the dockets and like 700 was the estimate. Well, the GTC went up to a million. Yeah. And I always said, what I say about that car? It's not a, it's it's not a, million, a million dollar not a million car. Same thing I would say about the Toyota 2000. Yeah. It's not a million dollar car. Yeah. Then it dropped down to five. Yeah. And it's now between five and six. Yeah. It's not seven I, anymore. If I look at a car and go, that's yeah. not a million dollar car, I, it's and, not. And you're right. The one that I saw, it was somewhere in the, I saw seven, maybe it was like six to seven. That's that's the estimate. Yeah. The it's going to hammer at 545. Yeah. All That's right. Interesting. Let me hit uh, Tommy John one more time. Love myself some Tommy John. I'm wearing them right now. As I said, I told you what my ritual is, get in the pool, dry them off. They dry so fast and they dry while they're on you too. Like if, if you... Those are your swim trunks? Yeah, but you know, I row in these things. Yeah. And I row for half hour and I work up a sweat. And then sometimes I find myself going upstairs and I'm like, uh, uh all sweaty. Like, yeah. I'm going to change. And then Olga yells, it's dinner time. And I go, oh, okay. And then I walk <laughs> into the kitchen. And next, next thing you know, I'm putzing around. I'm eating and stuff like that. And then I notice I'm dry. Yeah. 
have dried off. Okay. Which would not happen in your traditional underwear. That thing would just be like wearing a car chamois down there. So let's get ourselves some Tommy John. Stuff's the best. It's in uh, 1,200 retail locations across the country. Or you can go to Tommy John. Dot com and upgrade, man. No adjustment needed, right, man? Yeah, at the website, go to, t- go to uh, tommyjohn.com slash carcast for 20% off your first order. tommyjohn.com slash carcast for 20% off. tommyjohn.com slash carcast. There's another car that's kind of interesting that's coming up at Gooding, which is a 1970 Porsche 914 GT. And they've got... <clears throat> An estimate of about one, one it's to a one, six, two. Nine fourteen six. A one, to be, oh, sorry. Yeah, nine we need four, to be clear oh, about I, that I should have said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I think Aaron Hager got a 914 for free the other day. And we were like, is it a six? He's like, no. I was like, well, that's why you got it for free. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's got some race history. I think it won its class at Daytona or Sebring. Yeah, first in its class at uh, Daytona. Uh, fourth in its class at uh, Sebring. Um So here's a very good example. It's all about the history. A 914.6 is 80 grand or so. A 914.6 in race trim with some, with a little bit of period race history um, could be a a hundred to 200 grand. Yeah. Just a little bit of period history. One that won its class at Daytona. Now we now take the hundred and fifty grand and we bump it up to a million, one to one three, right? Big difference. One won its class at Sea won its class at Sebring. So it's all that. And I used to tell Matt, Matt finally got uh, schooled up by uh somebody who is a expert over at one of the auctions, which is you can run as much as you want at uh, Road Atlanta or Laguna Seca or, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's the wins at Sebring, the wins at Daytona, and especially at Le Mans that take a car and get it. I mean, this does. This car doesn't even have Le Mans. This car's a $150,000 car that's a million-plus dollar car because it won its class yeah. at, at Sebring and it won its class at Daytona. And – for us who have cars, who have some Daytona and some Sebring and some stuff, history, uh, we root for these cars. These are – especially they're sort of pea shooters. You yeah, know? That, that's <clears throat> that's the best formula ever, by the way. Now is is you may have a car, completely different brand, different year, different drivers, but – but if they were both Sebring winners or Daytona winners, you're rooting for those cars because that's the that's the connection in the story now. So it's it's interesting. And the nine fourteen six, this particular one is is kind of cool. Oh yeah, you know, it also brings up that argument of, of is a lot of times you see we walk into an auction like, oh look at this car, it's it's millions of dollars. It's not a lot of car. It's, right. it's tiny, right? You know, and and it's just there's not and much it's there. Not, I like it too because it's 1970. It's not it's not a Porsche yeah. from the 50s. We we kind of struggle with this even with with your with your BRE Datsun Roadster. We know it's not a lot of car, but it's cool as shit, and it won a lot of cool stuff. But when you park it next to, you know, a Sebring winner, you know. The the uh, the ninety four or the uh, car the uh, the big uh, 
uh, uh, oh, the big you're talking Nissan, about the Z car. Yeah, the big Z car. You're like, this is so much car. We even had the guys come in here and like, oh, this car was a nightmare to build. It cost five hundred thousand dollars just to build this in the day. <laughs> I bought when I bought that car. I was just like, it was like a hundred grand, yeah. and I was just like, this is five hundred grand worth of car for a hundred grand. Like, yeah. at, at that time, didn't really have any vintage value or anything. It was a nineties yeah. car, but I was like, look at this goddamn car. Yeah, and I, we would have a discussion. We would sit there and probably look at both of those cars, the Roadster and the big Z car, and go, oh, which one's worth more right now? Right. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> so lots of stuff, and uh, you guys can go <clears throat> see me at the Paps Theater in Milwaukee coming up January 24th, and then the next day, 25th, why shouldn't I spend my weekend driving from Milwaukee to Chicago? <clears throat> I got to tell you, though, the way I'm wired, I have fun. We get in a rental car. Yeah. I crack a beer. Mike does the driving. <laughs> I talk and talk and talk. Yeah. And then at some point, we eat like uh, we eat like Polish food. Yeah. And then Mike yells at somebody. And then Mike yells at someone. <laughs> uh, Chicago Park West the next day, January 25th. Go to amcroll.com. Uh, and uh, check out all our stuff and uh, go check out Chassis as well. What do you got? Uh, Head out to the auction, so just follow me at uh, Motorator on social media, and I'll do as many posts as I can. And uh, check out the website, carcastshow.com. Until next time, it's Adam Crow for Matt, the Motorator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.